Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got... Hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zazlo loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zazlo Show 2.0. Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike, Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. 
888-789-3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar. They believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, Accident Attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Hey, if you've been searching for a refreshing beer that feels like you're back in the Caribbean, well, search no more. Proud sponsor of Zaslow Show 2.0, Johnny Cuba. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. That's right. Pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba, Sedanos, Presidente, Win dixie Got great six-pack deals going on right now. You got hot sauce, that's right, made from selected Caribbean habanero peppers. You know your boy Zaslow loves the hot sauce. Go pick up some Caribbean soul in a can. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff, and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com. 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. All right, welcome. Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Wednesday, the 14th of December. Good to have you aboard. We got a lot going on here, a lot to get to. However you're listening to us, I love you long time. Make sure you... Rate, you comment, you like, you do all that good stuff. It helps out the show. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your mother I say hello. You can always hit me up on social media, at Zaslow Show, on the Twitter machine, at Zaslow J, on Instagram. I love hearing from you guys, love interacting with you guys, of course. And we are also on the YouTube, youtube.com slash at 
Zaslow Show. However you're listening to us, it's always presented by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. If you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, whatever accident it was that caused it, you get a lawyer on the phone right away when you call Anna Jar and Levine. All right, Mark Anna Jar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anna Jar. Those are my guys. They believe in me. And so I'm sending you over to them. You got any issues with an injury you're dealing with from an accident. 800-747-3733. Anjar and Levine, accident attorney. So, last night, now we got we got Dolphin stuff, obviously. O.J. McDuffie, one of my all-time favorite players. O.J. is going to join us on the show today. You know, when I was growing up, okay, you know, uh, late 80s into the 90s, Everyone loved Marino, obviously. I love Marino. Love them then, love them now. But I always felt like, you know, and and this is the same thing with the Heat, too. You know, Dwayne Wade is everyone's favorite. Dwayne Wade was never my favorite player on the team. Now, it's a little bit different when you get older, when you're an adult, you have favorite players. But, like, for instance, on the 2006 champion Miami Heat, James Posey was my favorite player. I I was a big fan of James Posey, you know. Even earlier teams, when you had Tim Hardaway, now this is the year the Lonzo Morning came back when he had the kidney disease, but like Anthony Mason was my favorite player on that Heat team, you know? I usually don't gravitate toward the star player. Everyone loves the star. I love the star too, but he's not my favorite. So on those Dolphin teams, I had two favorite players. Brian Cox, OJ McDuffie. I had a favorite player on the offensive side. I had a favorite player on the defensive side. OJ McDuffie and Brian Cox were my favorite players. I had a jersey for each of them that I would wear to the games. Then later on, you know, into the late 90s, then into the early 2000s, Zach Thomas was my favorite player on those teams. Love Marino, of course, but wasn't my favorite player. OJ McDuffie and Brian Cox. OJ McDuffie, Brian Cox, Zach Thomas, my three all-time favorite Dolphin players. So, OJ is going to join us today. And I met OJ. I've told this story before. I'm going to tell it again because I love this story and it's a lot of fun. And hopefully, we got new Zaslow Show 2.0 listeners and you're hearing the story for the first time. <laughs> Excuse me. So, early on in the history of 790 The Ticket, so this is back in 2004, OJ, OJ joined the station. He was doing part time stuff doing weekend stuff. And then eventually he hosted the midday show full time. So OJ was, you know, an OG 790 employee back in the day, man. And so it was a thrill that I met OJ that, that he started working there. This guy was, he was one of my all time favorite players. Cool as hell. And, And as it turned out, he's, he's just, he's such a regular dude. So that made it even more gratifying. You know, you don't want to meet your heroes. Don't, you know, that, 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 that can go kind of rough sometimes. OJ, totally regular dude. So that was really cool. And so, yeah, so I became friendly with him. And I'll tell this story now. I love this story, all right? I got to figure OJ remembers it. But leading up to the Super Bowl that year, so this is like, you know, late, I guess early February, the Super Bowl that year. So this is the 2004 season. It's 2005. The Super Bowl that year was Eagles and Patriots. That was, you know, Terrell Owens, Donovan McNabb. Eagles and Patriots. I think the final score was 24-17. Does that sound right? Something like that. And so the Super Bowl's coming up. 
And OJ's got a, he's got a good setup in his house. He's got a theater, you know, and he's inviting a bunch of people over. I don't know if he still lives. I have no idea. But he's got a theater in his house. So he's inviting a bunch of people over. They're doing a Super Bowl party. And he said, I mean, I'm young at that point. I'm, I'm, I probably just turned 24 years old. I'm a kid, man. And and OJ invites me, invites me and my wife. And I was like, all right. Yeah, maybe. And I was really like, all right, he's being nice. You know, I'm not going to actually take him up on the offer. He's, you know, he doesn't really want, like, he's only known me for a couple of months. He doesn't really want me there. And then I told my wife and, you know, leading up to the game, like, we didn't have anywhere to go. And I called OJ like the day before. I was like, hey, man, I think I'm going to come. And and he was super happy. So, yeah, so we're, we're, which, I mean, it's so cool. He's one of my favorite players. Invited me and my wife over to watch the Super Bowl at his home. So we get to his house. The you know the Super Bowl starting in like an hour and a half, two hours, whatever. We get there before the game starts, and and we arrive. Okay, great. OJ introduces us to a few. He's got a lot of friends over. OJ introduces us to a few people. Okay, cool. Hey, how you doing? We don't know anyone, but he introduces us to a bunch of people, and. Kijana Carter, his friend Kijana, you know, former running back, Penn State. He's going around with the big poster board to do boxes, squares, however you call it. If you don't know what that is, everybody gives it, you know, whatever you're charging, $5 a box, $10 a box, and there's like 100 boxes, and you pick your box, you can buy as many boxes as you want, and then you randomly draw the numbers, and, and you know, if the score is a certain score at the end of each quarter, and you had those boxes, you could win a lot of money. Boxes are my favorite Super Bowl betting game. It's so much fun. And he had enough people at his house where you could fill 100 boxes. So... Yeah, so, you know, it's however much it is, uh, $5 a box, $10 a box. Okay, fine. And I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, yeah, I, I think we want to do boxes. Anyway, so I say to my wife, like, I don't have any money on me. But hey, there was a gas station across the street, you know. So we're going to hop in the car, and we're going to go to the ATM, and we're going to get some money. Okay, cool. So I, I got to do boxes. So we hop in the car, we drive off, we go, it literally across the street, there's a gas station. We go to the ATM, I take out a bunch of money, okay, cool. Now, right when I get back in the car, I'm two minutes away from OJ's house. Right when I get back in the car, my phone rings, OJ McDuffie. And before I pick it up, oh shit, I turn to my wife and go, watch this. I knew exactly what happened. Pick up the phone. Hey! Yo, Zaslow, where you at, man? Now, again, I know exactly what just happened. You gotta remember, or you don't have to remember. I mean, you're, you're listening to the show right now. You don't know. So, I get to OJ's house. He's introducing us to everybody. 99% of the people there, his friends, family, whatever... They're black. You gotta remember that part. All black. All black. 99% of family and friends, they're black. Phone rings. I turn my wife and go, oh shit. Watch this. I'm very, I'm about to be very embarrassed. I'm very embarrassed right now because I know what happened. I know what just happened. Hello? OJ? Yo, Zazzle, where you at, man? And I could tell already it's on speakerphone. Because I knew what was coming. I knew what, I knew what just happened. 
And if you're listening right now, you now know also. All right. Almost all black people at OJ's house for a Super Bowl party. And within five minutes, the two white people got in a car and left. They didn't know that we left to go to the gas station, to go to the ATM, to get money, because I gotta do boxes. Yo, Zazla, where you at? And I could hear we're on speakerphone. I, so I go right into it, because I know exactly what happened. I go, yo, man, we're on our way back right now. I just had to go to the ATM. I had to get money, because Kachana's walking around with boxes, and I didn't have any cash, and I love boxes. So we're going to be back in two minutes. And all of a sudden, you hear in the background, eh, Howling, loud laughing, cackling. I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. I will see you in a few minutes. They, everyone there. Like, what happened? We get in the car. Someone said, yo, OJ, your white friend's just up and dipped. And, and OJ calls like, yo, Sasa, where you at, man? They, they all thought, and I knew it right when the phone rang. I knew it. And everyone there thought we up and left because everyone there is black. <laughs> and so of course I gotta deal with when we come back two minutes later we're back okay I gotta deal with rolling back up and knowing that everyone thought that we left because we're the only white people there and so I gotta explain yo just, I just get money money Kachana, boxes gambling come on and so you know I bought a bunch of boxes there um uh, I love that story, man. If that's the first time that you've heard that story, I hope you enjoy. I lo- I love telling that story, and uh, but 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 the story actually it's it, it's such it's such a good story because it was our first time there, and OJ's been really good to me over the years. Really good to me. I mean, shit. I was I think my birthday. Yeah, the next birthday after that, when I turned twenty six, I had broken up with my then girlfriend, and she's now my wife. But we had broken up, and that was a time period where we were broken up for a couple of months, and obviously I was in bad shape. And and OJ took me and my friends, along with some of his friends, but OJ took me and my friends out for my birthday. We were in a stretch Hummer. He paid for everything. We were at the Hard Rock, some club. Oh, my God. And I saw that bill at the end of the night. It it wasn't pretty. So OJ, OJ's always been really good to me. And that night, too, when we were watching the Super Bowl, and like I told you, he's got a theater. And he's he's like near the the front of the room, big screen, of course, big projection, and it's like mid first quarter, late first quarter, and all of a sudden he turns, yo, what's Zazlo? I'm like, hey, I'm right here, man. You know, we were sitting up top, we were sitting like on bar stools, like up top of the theater, you know, watching the game. We're having a great time. Yo, I'm right here, man. Hey, OJ, and and he came up and sat up there with us, watched the rest of the game with us. You know, so it was it was it was re- he's a good dude. I guess that's the moral of the story. Uh, so I'm looking forward to having him on the show here today. That'll be a lot of fun. And he is, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, he's, he's a Dolphins alum, but he's like a monster Dolphins fan, you know? So yeah, we'll do some Dolphins with him. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, I went to the Panther game last night. Panthers won four, nothing me and my son. And, uh, he loves the Panthers. That's our thing, man. It's such a cool thing. You know, you're a father and maybe got boys or girls, whatever, you know? And, and the kids can be so different. And my older one has always been, my older one's, uh, 14 next month. And the older one has always been into sports, watching sports, playing sports, always been super athletic. You know, he's the one who's a goalie for Weston Select and the younger one, not so much, not athletic and not necessarily so into sports, loves his video games. 
But over the last few months, he's really gotten into sports. And he plays basketball every day by himself. I mean, I'll go out there with him too. But he plays basketball every day in front of the house. And he loves going to the Panthers games. And he's into the World Cup. And it's funny how different your kids can be from each other. And especially my younger one, just these last few months where now he's really gotten into sports. It's really cool to see. You would think someone who works in sports like myself that it would be disappointing to me if he wasn't into sports. I don't care. It's to- I, I did not push either one of them at all. If, if anything, I, I wouldn't say discouraged, but uh, I'm definitely not pushing them to do sports. And, and, and so for so long, because the younger one's 11, wasn't really into it, and now on his own, he's gotten into sports. So that part's really cool for me. Anyway, we went to the Panthers last night. And Panthers won 4 nothing. The, my overriding thought was, is, wh- look, I'll take the wins however I can get them, especially for this Panther team this year, and they're just not very good. But, so I'll, I'll take the wins however I can get them. Winning, winning's better than losing. I own that statement. I'll take the wins however I can get them. But, like last night, late in the second period, the Panthers are up 3 nothing, and my son turned to me, he's like, this game's kind of boring tonight. And and I knew it. I knew it was. They they just they they don't play the same style. The games and and that's part of, that's part of what bothers me. I don't know if you guys can see it on the YouTube channel. You can see the light is trickling here in my bedroom. I hope it doesn't come off on the screen. Uh, it looks like the light bulb's going out. Uh, anyway, I'll take care of that in a little bit. So the win is what the two points are. What's most important? But last year they played such. A fun, pleasing style. A fan-friendly style. And if the winning comes with this style, that's all that matters. But they don't play that way anymore, and it's not as fun to watch. Like, yeah, that game last night, it's a bit of a grind. Like I said, I'll take grinding it out if it means we're going to get two points. But it is a different style. It's a different style from what captured a lot of new fans, and they have essentially abandoned it the very next season. Better work out. If it works out, if it means a long playoff run, okay. But if they're going to play this style and miss the playoffs, it's such a major blunder. They won, though, 4-0 last night. Like I said, the most important thing is the Panthers winning these games. So they win last night, and they're back at it tomorrow night as they take on Buffalo. Uh... Let's uh let's let's get right into the Dolphins here. Like I said, OJ McDuffie's going to join us coming up. I'm going to do a lot of Dolphins with him. Oh, you know what? Actually, before I get to the Dolphins, let's let's do NBA here because the NBA th- there were a couple things that happened in the league last night. So Boston Boston had a, a crazy win last night over the Lakers. That was TNT one twenty two one eighteen in overtime. This was a game that Boston was up big, and then the Lakers went on a forty five to fourteen run. In the second half. And they, so the Celtics were up 20 something, I think. The Lakers, uh, yeah, they were up 20, 45 to 12. They were up 20. And then the Lakers were up 13. A 33 point swing. And then Boston, so Anthony Davis at the free throw line late, misses two free throws in a two point game. Make one, make things, uh, at least you need a three pointer, make them both games over. 
misses both. Jason Tatum, jumper on the other side, tie game, go to overtime. And in overtime, Boston winds up winning the game. Okay, fine. Milwaukee, they beat Golden State last night, 128-111. And this was a nutty game. So, there were a bunch of technical fouls. I think there were like five technicals early in the game, first quarter of the game on Golden State. Bunch of technical fouls. Steve Kerr, Steph Curry, and... The big story coming out of the game. Milwaukee won the game. Golden State can't win on the road. They have two wins on the road this year. That's it. Two. You think Heat are a bad road team? I think they have three on the road. Three or four, maybe. Uh, Golden State's won two games on the road this year. Milwaukee wins last night. No Drew Holiday. But the big story of the game is Draymond Green. All right? So, you could see on the foul line, Giannis Antetokounmpo is taking forever. He had two 10-second violations on the free throw line. He's taking forever on the free throw line. And so this affords Draymond Green an opportunity where he's having a back and forth with a fan underneath the basket a few rows back. And it's a pretty animated conversation, you could tell. But they're going back and forth. Like, Draymond is saying plenty. And, you know, you saw it just a couple weeks ago where I think he was fine because he's swearing at fans. So, after this exchange for a little bit, you eventually see play stopped. And Draymond's talking to referees, and he's pointing at the fan, and he wants the fan kicked out. And what do they do? They kick the fan out. The fan gets thrown out. He's a few rows back behind the basket. The fan gets thrown out. And so Draymond Green apparently didn't like what we say. Now remember, when LeBron did this, and, and, and Buddy was sitting in the front row, LeBron mentioned, no, actually LeBron didn't say I think fans sitting around him said that the guy, or I think it was a young guy, he was in his 20s with his girlfriend, a couple dopes, and said something nasty about LeBron's son. Like something about, I hope he gets hit by a car. Something like that. It's like, that is, that is so not cool. So, and I don't, I don't want this to come off sounding like I'm defending the fan. All right? I don't understand the fans who behave this way. I really don't. I can never imagine going to a game and yelling obscenities. At the players. I especially can't imagine going to a game and yelling obscenities at players when they are within, when they're within, you know, ears, when they're within an area where they can hear you. I I can't, I'd be so embarrassed to have a back and forth with a fan. I'd be embarrassed the people around me hearing me yelling, I mean, back and forth with a player. I'd be, I'd be embarrassed the people around me hearing the things that we'd be saying to each other. And then, of course, like, oh, maybe he called him the N-word. Maybe he did, although the fan who was thrown out was black, so that's not the case. That's most likely not the case this time around. But that'll happen. Oh, he called, like, that's happened in Utah a few times, right? Where the fan was accused of yelling the N-word to Russell Westbrook, right? Like, can you imagine? There are fans out there, and they are so comfortable with calling a player the N-word, and you got all these people around you hearing you call the n I can't even imagine. It's crazy. I can't imagine this kind of behavior from some fans. It, it is. It's crazy. So Draymond has this fan thrown out of the game. Obviously now it's like, all right, well, what'd he say? What'd the fans say? So here's Draymond after the game. What, what, what did they say to you? Uh, some threatening stuff to my life. So, you know, um... I was this close to really going back and, like, diving all the way in, but kind of just went back and told the official. And when I told the official what he said, he's like, oh, he got to get out of here. 
got to get out of here. Do you, do you like that, I guess, you know, I know you got fined a couple weeks ago when you said something to the fan. Do you like that that's kind of an option to you, I guess? Uh, yeah, I mean, I can't necessarily say that it, that hasn't been an option. That's kind of been an option. But I think, you know, there are times where you're just in the moment, you know, yeah. and, and you respond. And so, uh, you know, that's been an option. That that wasn't like, oh, I just found out that was an option once I got fined. Like, that's been there. Uh, and the league has made that clear to us for years that that's been there. But like I said, we're our human beings, and there are times where you just respond, you know, and um, try to learn from the mistakes. But, you know, like I said, there's still the human side, the human element to it. That, you know, sometimes you just going to respond, and that's just that. All right, so there you go. So that's Draymond after the game. The fan, uh, he threatened his life. Threatened his life. I guess we're just taking Draymond's word for it, right? But what does that even mean? Like, the fan threatened his life. Does that mean... Like, because they're clearly having a back and forth. And again, I don't want it to sound like I'm defending the fan here. Or defending this kind of fan behavior. I just I just went through the whole thing. I just told you. I, I can't imagine behaving this way. But... Draymond Green gets to decide. And we're just taking his word for it. And we're throwing fans out of the building. Who are paying a lot of money, obviously, to sit close. I mean, maybe there's just a fan there who's annoying the player. Fans are allowed to heckle. They are. And maybe it's starting to bother a player. And he's just like, yeah, this guy said so-and-so, throw him out. That's, that's what we're doing now. We just throw guys out. We don't have to hear anything. Just We'll throw them out and we'll, we'll try and see if we were right about doing that by watching video and investigating the next day. Like, Draymond gets to decide what can and can't be said. We're there having a back and forth, and we know Draymond goes at it with fans. And we know he's nasty with the fans. He was fine recently about it. We know he's nasty. They're having a back and forth. And the fan then says, you know, Draymond's like, hey, you ain't shit, man. Shut the hell up. And then the fan says, y'all kick your ass you talk to me like that. Is that a threat? Like, do you think the fan... Do you think the fan actually said to Draymond... Hey, Draymond, I'm going to kill you. I find it hard to believe. I find it really hard to believe. Fan just said, Draymond, I'm going to kill you. Or did he say, y'all kick your ass. And that's, that's, that's a threat. Like, that's threatening his life. Like, Draymond gets to decide. The players get to decide. That's where we are now. Like, Draymond is constantly engaging with fans. He's constantly swearing at them. And then he decides when, oh, no, no, it's enough. And and then he throws you out. That's what we're doing. That's where we're at. And by the way, by the way, in any other profession, any other profession, Draymond Green is arrested for aggravated assault on a coworker. We all know that. Any other possession. Draymond Green, at the beginning of the season, punches out Jordan Poole. Any other possession, you are arrested, aggravated assault on a co-worker. And now, he gets to decide what words are allowed to be said. Words? We're just ta- and we're just taking his word for it, too. Come on. Come on. I, I can never imagine yelling at players, though. Like, that's, that's, that's crazy to me. I really can't. I can't imagine behaving this way. But some fans want to heckle. Some fans want to yell things. And NBA players are talking back and forth to fans all the time. And then just all of a sudden when the player has enough, he gets to throw the guy out of the game. Like, do we really believe the guy said, Draymond, I'm going to kill you? 
Really? I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. And I'm not taking the fan side, but I'm certainly not taking Draymond Green's side. He is, like, he is the wrong messenger in this spot. He is the wrong guy to be at the center of this. And for everybody just to be, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's not cool. Like, you can't, you can't talk to Draymond like that. I mean, this is as nasty a guy as there is in the league. And like I said, any other profession, he is arrested for aggravated assault against a coworker. And now he just gets to say, I don't like what that guy said. You got to throw him out of the game. Nah, I'm, I'm not on that side. I'm not on that side. I'm not on the side of the fan in this spot who yells really anything at players because I can't imagine behaving that way myself. But I, I, we can't be in a place where we're just taking the player's word. Hey, throw that guy out. He's not allowed to be here anymore. Nah, man. People pay a lot of money. And I got a hard time believing that he threatened to kill Draymond Green. I got a hard time believing that. Hard times, daddy. All right, so there, that, that's a big story as far as what's going on there with, uh, with fan behavior at NBA games. And it's only NBA games, although, and we'll, we'll ask OJ McDuffie about this. With football, they, you know, the fans are close enough. You could probably, you could definitely hear some stuff. NHL, you're not going to be able to hear anything with the glass there. And, and in baseball, you could definitely hear, oh my God, you hear so easy to hear. But you don't get it now every now, every now and then. You know, Boston, you got players, you got fans calling the black outfielders the N-word. That'll happen in Boston. But otherwise, you don't get this in, you don't get it in baseball. It's only the NBA. And yeah, you got fans that are sitting very close to the floor. But I just, I, I, I can't buy, I can't buy Draymond's version that the fan threatened his life. I don't, nah. Could the fan have said, yo, shut the hell up, I'll kick your ass? Definitely. But Draymond's the one who gets to interpret if that means that he's threatening his life? Nah. I, I, can't, I can't be in on that. I'm not in on that. So, Zaslow Show 2.0 poll question. Let me give you a quick update here. Zaslow Show 2.0 poll question today. Go to add Zaslow Show. You go vote. You guys are voting early and often. I put up a poll before the show started this morning, and here is what we've got. Z- go at Zaslow Show and vote right now. At Zaslow Show, Zaslow Show 2.0 poll, who has more pressure on them this weekend? And your choices are Mike McDaniel, Tua Tonga-Vailoa. That's right. Very controversial poll question. Who has more pressure on them this weekend, Mike McDaniel or Tua Tonga-Vailoa? Now, I could tell you right now, the leader in the poll, by a lot, is Tua Tonga-Vailoa. 69% of the vote, <laughs> 69%, 69% of the vote right now is Tua Tonga-Vailoa. And I got to tell you, I voted Mike McDaniel. Yeah, I voted McDaniel. I think McDaniel, I, look, There's some pressure. There is some pressure for the first time, I believe, this season. There is some real pressure on Mike McDaniel. You know, if you're feeling pressure maybe in your head, you got a stuffy, you you know, your nose is stuffed, you got a cold, sinuses, maybe you're feeling a little bit hot, 
You got to call Doctors on Call 365. South Florida's urgent care that comes to you. I personally use Dr. Alon and his team. Comes to my home, gave me a COVID test, gave me a flu test. They treat children, adults, and the elderly. Minor illnesses or minor injuries. If you need IV fluids, you need vitamin therapy. He'll order you x-rays if you need. He'll draw blood. All right, based in Broward County. Serving Miami-Dade and Southern Palm Beach as well. Doctors on call, 365, South Florida's urgent care that comes to you. That's right, house calls. You don't have to worry about making an appointment with your doctor. Can he fit you in? You're feeling terrible right now. You need to see a doctor today. You don't want to leave your house. You don't want to leave your bed. Doctors on call, 365, is coming to you. Doctors on call, 365.com. Call them today, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You're going to get someone on the phone right away. 786-577-9302. Again, doctorsoncall365.com. Call 786-577-9302. So Zaslow Show 2.0 poll. Who has more pressure on them this weekend? Mike McDaniel or Tua Tonga-Vailoa right now? 69% of the vote is going to Tua Tonga-Vailoa. I voted Mike McDaniel. I think it's McDaniel. I think you have, you know, you're watching the shows on television. You got the guys who really know this stuff and they're breaking down the film and this is what's happening here and this is what's happening here. And yes, is Tua, are some decisions not good by Tua? Is he not 100% accurate right now? Yes. But like we saw last game, I was surprised, and I'll ask OJ about this. I was surprised how in the second half of the game, all right, if they're doing all the things that Collinsworth is saying, where they're dropping the linebackers, they're pushing up the safety. All right, Mike McDaniel definitely knows that. So in the second half, we'll see some adjustments, and we didn't see it. So I don't have I don't have any reason to believe that Tua all of a sudden is not the guy that we've seen the entire season. Tua's going to be just fine. But the coach needs to help him out here a little bit. Coach needs to make some adjustments here and make sure that, okay, if the defense is taken this away, we got this away, we got to do something else. A couple of those things are, how about some screen passes? How about some short passes? How about we throw some passes to Jeff Wilson? I know he got hurt of Raheem Mostert. Let's use the running backs there. How about running the football? The Dolphins have completely abandoned the running game. That's not on Tua, but running the football, that's going to wind up helping your quarterback out. Coming out last game, three straight passes over the middle of the field, and all of a sudden, you know, you got third and long, another pass, 0 for 3, Tua. Set the tone for the entire game. Punt. Three and out. Right quick. No time off the clock. Got to help the quarterback out a little bit. Tua's got to play better. But I, I'm i surprised to see 69% of the vote right now. Again, go to Ad Zaslow Show and vote in the Zaslow Show 2.0 poll question today. Who has more pressure on them this weekend? For me, it's Mike McDaniel. Look, Tua's always got pressure on him. It's quarterback. But really, for the first time this year... I think McDaniel's got some pressure. Hey, we're going to see what you're made of now. Now we're going to see what kind of adjustments you can make. Everyone's watched the film the last two weeks, but especially this past week, what the Chargers defense did. How are you going to adjust that? What are you going to do now? And by the way, you're, you're a running game guru, Mike McDaniel. Where's the running game at, player? I, pressure is always on Tua. Always on the quarterback. I, I really think, I'm, I'm really surprised to see so much more of the vote is Tua has the most pressure and not McDaniel. 
for me, I'm going to this game. I, I, I feel like if you put it together for two, if you change a couple things, if you adjust to what defense has been doing to you, and if you run the ball a little bit, two is going to be just fine. And that stuff that I just mentioned, that's on the coach. Tua can't do that. Tua's not changing the, the plays. Tua's not deciding to run to not run the football or to run the football. I think this is a major week for the coach. And, of course, to find out if these are the same old Dolphins. I already told you, I hate I hate how you got the Dolphin fan coming out and it's all, oh, Tua is still my quarterback. You sound stupid. Stop saying that. And I would also say for, for those who, who are, look, I'm frustrated. I'm upset about the last couple of weeks. But there's an element to the fan base. You butch up a little bit. All right. And I know you're disappointed because it felt like a couple of weeks ago, this is a Super Bowl contender. And now you have very serious doubts, as you should. So there's a range of emotions that you're dealing with for the first time ever, maybe as a Dolphin fan. You need to butch up a little bit. If you're going to win a Super Bowl, if you're going to be a contender, you're going to go through some hard times. You know, not every team is 12-1 is and one Philadelphia Eagles. You're going to go through some hard times, all right? Butch up a little bit. And you know what? A couple Dolphins players have noticed this, too. So Javon Holland was on, I think it was yesterday. He was doing, like, an Instagram Live. And he's kind of, he's actually lying on his floor. He's just relaxing. And, like, he's just, just talking to the Instagram, reading some comments. And he sees you got a lot of Dolphin fans who are now doubting Tua. And... I'll apologize in advance for a little bit of the language that, that Javon Holland uses. He uses the F word at one point. You know, every once in a while, I'll say, I'll say, you know, I'll say shit. But I don't, I don't try it. Now, cause, you know, we're not regulated or anything here. So I try and make it sound like, you know, I talk the way that I talk. And it's, you know, I'm not, you know, I'll use regular words that I use in everyday vernacular. But I'm not trying to make it gratuitous. And I certainly am not trying to say the F word. Because it, it's, it's just not necessary. And it comes off as gratuitous. Oh, Zazzo, you, we want to hear you say the F word. It's, it's not necessary. It really isn't. So, uh, Javon Holland uses the F word here. So, I'll apologize in advance for that. But, yeah, you got you got Javon. And Keon Crossan, he came out on Twitter also defending Tua. He, Keon Crossan doesn't like some of the criticism that Tua is getting. Give Javon, Javon Holland here. Give him a listen. Yeah, let me talk about that shit. How are y'all going to say Tua sold when he's been fucking playing his ass off the last eight games? One bad game, and I, we don't even know. We got to look at the film, bro. Like, I don't even know if it was a bad game. I know that my job is to give the ball back to the offense, but I'm behind them boys regardless. Y'all fans be so quick to switch up. Like, come on, man. That's so lame. I'll be so quick to switch up on my team. Like, how you want to, like, that is so crazy to me. Like, yeah, you fat, loyal fans, loyal fans, like, cool, cool. But then y'all just switch up dumb quick and y'all hating on us, hating on us, hating on us. Like, bruh, I thought y'all was supposed to be ride or die or something. Nah, y'all be switching up on us. That should be lame. Super lame, bro. Anyway. Just know that that man, too, he fighting as hard as everybody else in the field. And that's, it just is what it is. Now, I'll say a couple things. Number one, I like that Javon Holland cares. That's for, and he is awesome. I like that Javon Holland cares. That's first and foremost. All right. Too often in sports now, the players, the players don't care nearly enough, especially the NBA. But Javon Holland clearly cares. 
And he's offended with the fans who are, who are, you know, jumping off ship, who are doubting Tua now. Now, fans are, fans are allowed to be upset. Let's make that clear. Fans are allowed to be upset. But there is an, and, and I normally don't like when the player, like after the game, the player doesn't like the fans booing or that kind of deal. Uh, the player will be critical of the fan base. I normally don't like that. Don't tell the fans how to behave. Don't tell the fans what to do or what to say. They're paying a ton of money. All right? You're getting money. They're paying money. Don't tell the fans what to do. But in this case right here, I, I, I got to side with Javon Holland. I do. And because I've been, I've been saying this for the last few days where it's the two are still my QB. Fan base needs to butch up a little bit these last few days. I don't feel so hot right now either. But you go into this Saturday night and you take that Buffalo ass. Hey man, it's be pretty freaking awesome. Especially after the last couple of weeks. I do think there's an element where the fan needs to butch up a little bit. Especially when it comes to quarterback. He's going to have some bad games. Past couple weeks were bad games. Now it's up to him and McDaniel to fix this. So I, I do need a side. I, I, I side with Javon Holland here. I do. And I like that he cares. That's first and foremost. All right. All guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 are brought to us by Johnny Cuba. You're looking to have a nice little afternoon, maybe an early evening drink. You go pick up a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. Hand me a Johnny. Six-packs of Cuba. Uh, Johnny Cuba available. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. It's the holiday season. You got great specials on six-packs. It's a lifestyle. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. Start your evening with a refreshing German lager in a can. Johnny Cuba, you go check out on social media. And again, remember Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. All guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 are brought to us by Johnny Cuba. All right, it's right smack in the middle of the week, but we are, what are we talking here? We're only three because it's a Saturday night game. So we are only three sleeps away from Dolphins and Bills, okay? And this game has got a, it's got a 90s Dolphins-Bills feel to it for me. It's a, it's a December game in the cold, a ton on the line. So we got to bring on one of the guys who's played in those type of games that I'm describing there. And that is our old pal, OJ McDuffie, Miami Dolphins, great. OJ, I appreciate you doing this this morning. How are you, pal? You good? Good to see you. I'm I'm great, Zaz, man. I mean, it obviously, could be better, you know. My boys are playing better the last couple of weeks, man. But it's good to see you too, man. It's been a little while. So, uh, you you are as for, for me, as far as former players go, uh, Dolphins alumni. I feel like you are as into Dolphins football ever since you retired. I feel like you are as into Dolphins football as any of the Dolphins alumni that I've come across. Like, yes, of course, all the Dolphins alumni, they want the team to win and all that stuff. But you're you're into it like you're a fan. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like you care the most about the Dolphins of all the alumni. Yeah, I, you know, it's so funny you say that because, you know, we have an alumni suite at the stadium and uh, all the guys – they they avoid talking to me because they know I'm so damn serious about the game, you know, especially when the game is going on. You know, I'll, I'll go up there and chat during timeouts or halftime a little bit. But when the game's on, they avoid me at all costs while they're up there chit-chatting sometime, man. Look, when I retired, Zaz, though, I got season tickets in the end zone. Like, we had like 20 of them. 
you know, so I was going to every single game. I've only missed a couple games since I came down here in 1993 in that stadium, you know, so I'm huge. I'm, I'm, I'm very invested in this football team just because, you know, it's my squad, you know, very few guys also, there are a few guys up there that play for a few teams, you know, that are in that alumni suite. I only play for one, and that's why I love them so much. Do you ever think how lucky you were to be drafted by the Dolphins? Because you didn't have any connection to South Florida, did you? Only connection I had was um, putting up big numbers against the Hurricanes. You know what I mean? I think that was part of the reason I got drafted down here. I also played in a couple bowl games down here. Uh, so they had a chance to see me uh, in person a, a, quite, a couple times. And I think that was the reason that, uh, you know, I might have gotten to South Florida love. Otherwise, I thought I was going closer to home, you know. So, but it, I'm blessed to be down here. Obviously, I haven't left and I'm not going to leave, big dog. Do you, uh, it's, the weather's going to be bad this Saturday night. Do you prefer your playing days? Did you rather play in, you know, 100 degrees or 20 degrees? Well, we're used to 100, you know. I mean, Lisa feels like temperature is 100. You know, 20 degrees or 30 degrees, it's not that bad. At least it's not zero, you know. As uh, long as there's no precipitation, it's it's fine. I think there's a light, slight chance of snow, but not a lot. Um, I think that that's always, you know, what I always know is I can I can run all day in that type of weather, Zaz, you know, and, and, and hopefully our receivers feel the same way, man. You get out there and, you know, you, if you can run all day in the weather down here when it's 100, you can run all day day when it's only 20, 20 degrees up there, man. So that's going to be uh only challenge they'll have is whether it's a little slick out there. And I always found their field slick as hell. It was hard to, you know, plant and, and run routes. They found a way to do it. They had the right shoes. I wish I could have gotten Andre Reed's shoes and figure out what he was wearing, you know what I mean? So I could figure out how to run routes there. But they should be fine in this weather. And, and you know, the big uglies, they, they shouldn't get tired. Nobody should get tired in this game, you know, unless they're on the field for 78 snaps on defense like we were last week. That's – that could lead to some fatigue, but I think they should be fine in this weather. How do you make sure that it doesn't become a mental thing where, you know, I I know some guys, they'll want to wear the long sleeves, all right, or they'll want to wear the gloves. Is that, does that then become a mental thing where you're like, all right, I got to put on extra clothing because it's going to be really cold. And then you're focused on whether or not you're going to be cold. And then when you get to the sideline, you want to go sit by the heater. Like, how do you make it so it's not a thing where you're constantly thinking about how cold it is? Yeah, you eliminate the weather factor in pregame. You know, and one thing about this game, though, being an 8 o'clock game, pregame and the kickoff might be a 10-degree drop. Yeah. You know, so you just got to be ready for that as well, man. But you, I, I, I always wore sleeves up in Buffalo because it was the turf anyways. It could have been 80 degrees out there and I would have wore sleeves, but it never was 80 degrees. But if it would have been, I would have worn sleeves anyways because of the turf. So eliminate that factor right away in warm-ups. When you wake up tomorrow or Saturday in the hotel, you'll see what the weather is. Go out, you know, dip your head outside, see what the weather's going to be like. And they'll realize it's not that cold out there. And then pregame, you, you go out there and everybody's got to warm up. You know, you you get your, you know, your, your skilled guys going out there a little over an hour before kickoff. They'll figure out whether they need to wear sleeves or if they, you know, what kind of cleats they need to wear. And then by kickoff, you should have it all figured out, you know. Priority is going to go to guys that are starting with the parkas. They'll get the parkas in the hot seats, you know, and just and be ready for that, man. But bottom line is you got to be out there for three hours, man. That's it. Three hours. And you get a break at halftime where you go in and get some, you know, some chicken broth or some beef broth or whatever you need to warm you up from the inside and out. And then go back out there and do it again for another hour and a half, man. So I think, you know, you eliminate the mental part right away and warm up that morning and then go out there and just, just do your job, man. And I'm going to tell you this, Zaz. 
it's important for these guys to go out there and show that they can play in Buffalo this time of year. Because look, three out of four teams in the AFC East are in this type of weather this time of year. So we better be able to go out there and, and do that if we want to be uh, the beast of the AFC East. So that's it's a big test for us. You know, I, I, I remember saying it was about a month ago. I don't remember which game it was, but it was during the five-game win streak where, you know, we haven't seen Tua yet this year. We've seen it in the past. And you have that whole, you know, there's that whole story about Flores and Tua yelling at each other. It was a rainy game and all that deal. And it was like, all right, we're going to have to go to Buffalo and the weather's likely going to be bad. We're going to have to go to New England and the weather's likely going to be bad. But the Dolphins were running the ball really well for a few straight games. It's like, okay, okay, because running the ball travels. You you could run the ball at home. You could run the ball on the road, whatever weather. Running the ball travels. Where's the running game gone the last few weeks, OJ? Yeah, yeah, I understand. Jeff Wilson got a little banged up in the last game. Um, you know, I think we've abandoned it more than we should. You know, we didn't give our defense a chance. When you look at time possession the last two games, that's been 20 to 40 in both games, basically. You know, and that's because we abandoned the run. Look at last game. We started off with three straight passes down the field. No check downs, no screens, no, you know, I mean, just shot plays right away. Like, I get it. You're going against a, a tough, you know, supposed to be a bad secondary. But they were ready for all that. So when we got, we got to change it. We got to flip the page a little bit. We got to turn screen plays into to run plays. We got to turn checkdowns into like run plays. Even if you're not handing it off, give it to my backs, give it to my tight ends, and you know, in short distance, and you know, and then we get you know manageable second downs. I looked at the you know the the, the play sheet after last game, Jazz. We were third and nineteen, third and twelve, third and nine, third and ten, third and ten, third and eleven. You know what I mean? Just terrible down in distances, and it showed because I think we were like two for ten or two for eleven in third down conversions. You're never going to convert those, and the way you combat that is get better production on first and second down through the run game, through the check down game, through the screen game. So it even goes back to the Houston game. I remember where they were up thirty to nothing, whatever it was in the first half, and two threw the ball like 25, 30 times in the first half, and Houston has like the worst run defense. And I remember saying myself. Why don't we just run in the ball this game? Yeah, I thought it was a game that we could definitely get our run game on track. And, uh, you know, I thought that I felt like this was the perfect opportunity to start working on that. And I know that Jeff, when, when Jeff got here, we, we we tried a little bit. The next game, he was great. But this is it was definitely an opportunity to work on the run game. And I think if we're, for the most part, we've got the offensive line out there that we want. You know what I mean? I know Liam didn't get an opportunity, but I know Teron was out there and all the guys, Shell's been playing at the right side and, you know, Robert Jones left and Connor Williams is having a hell of a season. And so I'm wondering why we can't get this together. And here's the thing about it, too. These teams are daring us to run. They're playing shell covers. They're playing cover twos, cover fours. Linebackers, middle linebackers getting way deep like a Tampa two linebacker. That's why the middle of the field hasn't been open for a passing game. They are daring us to run the ball. And we're, we're not taking the bait, which we need to take that bait. You know, I heard on Sunday night, and I, you know, X's and O's stuff, I'm watching the game. I don't necessarily know what I'm watching. That's not my thing. There's so much going on on the field that I'm not privy to. But Chris Collinsworth kept pointing out, you know, they're dropping their linebackers. They're playing the safety up. They're taking away the middle of the field. And so going into the second half of the game, I was like, all right, well, Mike McDaniel definitely knows that too. All right, so yeah. – they're going to come out and they're going to adjust to that. Did they not attempt to adjust that? Because I don't always like when when fans say, oh, they never made any adjustments. You know, sometimes the coach staff can make adjustments and the players don't necessarily carry out the adjustments properly. So, like, like were there no adjustments made in the second half on Sunday? Well, it looked like the same game plan to me. I think they were just giving these guys 
an opportunity to go out there and, and create some separation. I think the problem mostly in that game was lack of separation, and which is unusual for us. You know, our guys are usually running away from guys. And, you know, I don't know what you can tri- contribute it to. They might be a little banged up, but hell, the whole league is banged up right now. You know what I mean? It was weird, too. Like, there were two passes, one of the passes to Hill and yeah. one of them to Waddle. Yeah. Did they just not see the ball? Yeah, that was that was a strange one, man. And that could be a situation in SoFi Stadium with the lighting, but there's no excuses for that because neither one of them that you know realized the ball was even thrown their way. I thought the I thought the the one that really confused me was the Tyreek one because Tyreek was running wide open right there, and it uh, looks like Tua might have put it on you know more of a laser, a Tua laser compared to putting some air on and letting him go get it because he wasn't looking for it down there. It looks like he was looking for. It. A little bit uh, lofted there, and if he would have put some air on that, Tyreek is still running. You know, Forrest Gump like run yeah. through the tunnel, stop. You know what I mean? Um, so th- those miscommunications were weird, and it's so strange to me too because you know they worked that, you know they worked that play, you know, multiple times during the week, and they worked it since training camp. And if, if the quarterback decides to throw it one way, and the, re- the receivers expecting to receive it a different way, that makes no sense this late in the season. I feel like we're going to find out, you know, this weekend. It, it, we're going to have – I've been having this conversation on the show the whole week where we're going to find out if these are the same old Dolphins, you know. You got that December swoon, which, you know, your 90s teams, those Marino teams, I mean, my, my entire childhood, you know, it was, it was every year it seemed in December, and it was always those games in Buffalo, you know, and it was Marino and Kelly and – you know, you, you guys just couldn't couldn't win that game late in the yeah. season in there in Buffalo. And I feel like we're going to it's it's got a feel to it this weekend where, all right, if it's if, if if this is not the same old Dolphins, they'll go into Buffalo and they'll find a way to win this game this weekend. They have to. I mean, that's what it's all about. I mean, I know there's some, some scenarios where we can go in there and lose and still make the playoffs, but that's not what it's all about. Man, we got to prove that we can play in this in in, in Buffalo in December. Zaz, you know, um, Coach Robert Ford always said, they only remember what you do in December, you know? And so far, we're only two in December. So we got to get it figured out the rest of this month uh, really, really fast, man. And this is a big, big test. Always a big test up there. You know, they're chomping at the bit to get at us. You know, they were, they were, they didn't like the result of the game down here. They didn't like the weather down here. They can't wait to go out and play us, you know, up in Buffalo. So um, we better be up to the task, man. And uh, there are some guys that will be, there's some other guys that have to figure out that this is this is the team. This is the team in the NFL, not just the AFC or AFC East. This is the team to beat, especially in their in their building. What's the atmosphere there like at Rich Stadium? How did you, you know back when you used to play? What's what's it like playing up there in Buffalo? It is a hyped up college atmosphere, um, kind of like it is in Kansas City. Um, the fans are right on top of you on the field. It's an eight o'clock game, so they're going to be drinking all day. Yeah, you know they're going to be feeling they're going to be feeling really good. They're 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 hella rude at times, but they love their team. So you got to be you got to be careful of flying objects possibly. Um, but it's going to be loud in there, man. It's going to be such a playoff atmosphere. It's going to be incredible, man. If you can't feed off of that and you know get that boost and that you know and, and go out there with that adrenaline and playing that, that's what it's all about. A lot of these guys play some big time college football. This is that kind of atmosphere they're going into this weekend. I tell my kids, you know, for Dolphin fans today, you hate the Patriots, of course, because all those years of Brady and there's always the, you know, the Jets, Dolphins, New York, Miami rivalry. But I, I tell my kids, listen, when I was young, when I was your age in the 90s, the one game we always wanted to, if I could only pick one game a year to go to, we didn't have very much money. We we're a middle class family. If I could pick one game to go to, I want to go to the Bills game, the yeah. Dolphins and the Bills. That was the top rivalry. 
Dolphin fans who would wear the F Buffalo shirts to the game. That that was the rivalry back when you were playing OJ. Yes, it was, man. And of course, I mean, Buffalo, you know, they got the best of us in the 90s, man. Four Super Bowls that year. I mean, at that decade, you know, beat us in the AFC Championship game the yeah. year before I got here in 92 to go. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, it, it is the rivalry, man. And it's it's one of those games that, and those teams that were, it's mutual hatred for each other. You know, we hate the Jets too. We hate New England, but man, do we hate them damn Bills, man. I like they hearing that you, I like hearing yeah. that you said that, you know, because do players today, like do the guys in that locker room right now, do they hate the Bills? They should. And here's the reason why. And, and sometimes it's tough when you got a young team. We're not a very old team. And a lot of times you get guys coming over from like Bradley Chubbs coming from Denver. He doesn't know about this yet. You know what I mean? We got some other guys in the first, second year. Uh, you know, Jeff Wilson doesn't know much about this. Cedric Wilson doesn't know much about this. So we, when I was there, we had guys that had been on the team for five or six years and played the Buffalo Bills 10 to 12 times already, maybe 11 if there was a playoff matchup. So yeah, they should start getting it. But think about it, is like you said, guys aren't, with teams as much as they used to be yeah you know there, there there is free agency it's like almost look at look at the trade deadline this year i know you know a lot about it with, with covering basketball so well Zad. like i never saw so much go yeah. down in the nfl like it went down this year so you you gotta you gotta kind of instill it plus we got a head coach that's never been in this rivalry before yep you know i, I know he knows about it but he's worse you know used to that san francisco and whoever their you know team they go against so it's like it's it's tough unless you've got a few players in there that can get up there in that team meeting on on Friday night and tell them how much we hate these dudes, man. Or some meeting this week and let them know how much they we hate these dudes or how much they hate us. You know, and it's 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 important. It really is, man. You really have to go out there with a chip on your shoulder and you have to play a little angry when you're playing against teams like this. I miss that about sports, man. You know, from fan perspective, I I, I like it when my team hates the other team and. It's it's now it's no more evident in any sport than it is in basketball. And of yeah. course, basketball is my favorite sport. The NBA is my favorite league. And all the guys kissing and hugging on each oh, other before man. the game and after the game. You know, like the other day where you had Zion with the dunk late in the game and the Pelicans and Suns were mad at each other. I'm like, whatever you think about whether Zion should have dunked it at the end of the game, which, by the way, I'm totally cool with it. But whether you think Zion should have dunked the ball at the end of the game or not, I like that these teams hate each other. And they're, and they're showing everybody they hate each other. Everyone kissing and hugging on each other. Can, can you pretend like you don't like them the same way that I, the fan, the paying customer, doesn't like them? Yeah, man, it's it's amazing to me, man. It's too much kumbaya going on, you know? It, it really is. And it's it's funny to me because, you know, Andre Reed's one of my favorite players to watch on the other side, but I didn't get his phone number until after I retired. You know what I mean? We weren't going to hang out in the offseason. We weren't going to, you know, I didn't like Thurman Thomas until we became a Miami Dolphin. And our moms were like best friends while we were playing against each other. You know what I mean? But I still, I, I'm not hanging out with Thurman. You know, Derek Thomas, same thing, you know, in Kansas City, even though, you know, our moms were really good friends too, but I was trying to knock his head off at times, you know? And that, uh, man. that's what you have to take. You have to play the game that way, bro. These guys spend way too much time together in the offseason. They've exchanged numbers. They're following each other on Twitter. It's way too freaking nice, in my opinion. What do you make of Javon Holland? Keon Crossan also came out on Twitter about it, but Javon Holland was doing like an Instagram live, I guess, a couple of days ago. Uh, and and both of them are, they're like, yo, uh, what's with these Dolphin fans who are jumping off the bandwagon? You know, it's kind of soft. Have a couple bad games. You're down on Tua. I did say yesterday on Zazzle Show 2.0, I was like, I got to stop seeing the social media posts from fans who are letting everybody know that Tua is still their QB. Why the hell would he not be your QB anymore? Right, he's had a right. phenomenal season. He's had two bad games, and you got to let everybody know that he's 
He's still your quarterback. Can we butch up a little bit, OJ? <laughs> yeah. Who was our, our quarterback for for the future, man? Foreseeable future. We Tua and Mike McDaniel are gonna have one hell of a one-two punch moving forward for the next decade, I hope. And I'm I feel wholeheartedly about that. These fans, man, you know, look, I I get it. I I know they're feeling like um here we go again. You know, and I and I understand their intrepidation when it comes to stuff like this. And I, I and it's happened this time of year a lot for this Miami Dolphins team. You know, we have these ebbs and flows, you know what I mean? And right now, you know, it's that roller coaster ride that, you know, we don't want to be on. Five game win streak and then two really bad losses, in my opinion. Uh of course, San Fran being a great team, but we left some meat on the bone in that yep. game. And then we should have beaten the Chargers for sure, in my opinion. You know what? But Everybody like I, I didn't so feel too. I didn't feel that way after this week where the game after the Niners. I was really pissed off because we left so many points and yards on the field. Mm-hmm. Like we should have, we should have smoked that team. I really believe that. Yeah. I didn't feel that way this weekend against the Chargers. I thought the Chargers defense played very, very well. Yeah, but look at those ass. We still had the ball in the fourth quarter with a chance to go down and win the football game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Down six points. We still had a chance to go down there and win a football game and then and didn't get it done. We also had a chance for our defense to get off the field and they gave up a 17 play drive. You yep. know what I mean? In, in nine minutes or something, and you know, and got down there and gave up a field goal. The end of the I second mean, quarter for me was the killer. It was third and si- it was third that and was goal the worst from the call seventeen. Ever. That's not, that don't even, that's the worst, worst defensive call I think I've ever seen. You know what I mean? For whatever reason, I mean, you can put four or five guys along the goal line, but the whole damn team along yep. the goal line. That if you hold no them to a field goal, there, OJ, it's nineteen fourteen. And we have the ball instead of 23-14, we're going to try and drive down the field for a touchdown to win it. It it, it cost the game that play. It really did. You know, and uh, he's been under fire. Josh Boyer's been under fire a little bit. Mike's been under fire a little bit. All these coaches, you know, they're all got to be accountable. And I think that's the whole point of it. Coaching staff, players, everybody needs to be accountable for what's been going on lately. And they better figure it out real soon. More Zaslow Show 2.0 poll question today, OJ. Who is there more pressure on this weekend? Mike McDaniel or Tua? Well, I mean, that's that's a good question. It's it's really on Tua. You know, last week was on Tua as well. You know, of course, the Herbert versus Tua thing, you know, it was on Tua. This week, it's always on the quarterback more than anything. And now we're, we talked about a lot uh, right now, what the adjustments is Mike going to make, you know, for this team uh, to, to be successful against the Buffalo Bills. But two is the one that's got to go out there and execute it. And the weather, we talked about that. You talked, you you referenced the Tennessee game with him. Coach Flo got into it. Yeah. You know, inclement weather, rainy on a Thursday night. Two couldn't throw the ball. And it's going to be a little different. It's going to be a little tough for him this weekend too. So it's really boils down. It's, it's on Tua on what, what how Tua goes out there performs. How he bounces back from a, a bad San Francisco game, a not so good Chargers game, and now the team that we we, we drive to be like in the, in the Buffalo Bills. I want to ask you about the fish tank that you and Seth do in a second here, but I've been talking on the show today. Um, last night in the NBA, Draymond Green had a fan thrown out of the game, Warriors and Bucks. Uh, I'm sure so, – so I want two things from you here. Uh, what's what's the nastiest thing you heard from fans during your – when you were on the sidelines there during your playing days? And, and number two – uh, what do you make of that whole scenario? I mean, should the player be so concerned about what the fan is saying? Should he have just tried to ignore it? Do you like that he was able to say, get this fan out of here? Give me some thoughts there. Well, I mean, we'll start with the, the last one. You know, fans, you know, they've 
you know, you can you can tell by how their their Twitter accounts and their social medias are that they think they're entitled <laughs> to do or say whatever the hell they want to and hide behind keyboards or they can hide up in the stands knowing that there won't be a, you know, brawl in the palace like back in the old days, you know, <laughs> the Pacers and stuff like that. You know, so, I mean, they can yeah, they think they can just say whatever the hell they want to, man. It's it's amazing how, how things have changed because before, you know, Jerry Mom would go up there and pound the fan, you know, or somebody would go up there and pound the fan, you know, and, you know, obviously get suspended and take some fines. But at the same time, though, they feel that way uh, all the time. For me, you know, there are a lot of times there wasn't a lot of like it's hard to hear what they're saying a lot of times on the field. It's probably a lot easier on the basketball court. I know when Brian Cox. You know, from what Stu Weinstein, our head of security, said that what, what they were saying to Brian Cox when he got ejected in that Buffalo game um, was shouldn't have been allowed in the stadium either, man. The N-word over and over again and F this, F that. You know, I mean, the middle fingers that Brian gave was nothing compared to, you know, to the, the verbal bashing he took from them, you know. So, man, when you leave the stadium, especially leaving Buffalo, man, you get a win out of there, man. They're, they're rocking the bus. They're throwing stuff at it. You know, <laughs> grandmas are flipping you off. Uh. Eight-year-old kids are flipping you off. And it's like, you know, it's it's just Buffalo, man. So, um, but that's one of the toughest environments you'll play in. There's no more hatred than any other environment. Jets environment's not tough. We we usually have such a big-time Dolphin contingency in, in New York, so it kind of like feels kind of normal for us. New England fans are too cool to to be rude at times, even though, you know, when they win, they're still arrogant as hell, but they're just not rude. But Buffalo, I mean, that 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 group of people in, in Western New York, they uh yeah, they they they're serious about how they treat the opposing team. The Fish Tank Podcast, OJ and Seth Levitt. Uh, what do you guys got coming up? Who have you talked to recently? Well, we had, I don't even know if I'm allowed to even say, we just had Richie Owen on this past week. Oh, he was cool. Great. Yeah, Richie was really good, man. And talking about some of the days and the whole Jimmy Johnson thing and, you know, playing opposite JT was a lot of fun. And the, the, and the travels that he had, you know, going from team to team. And uh, I don't know if I, I, I guess I can tease. We just had a really, really uh, big time uh, requested guest that we recorded the other day. Um, and I'm not sure when it's going to drop, but I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, Peace Stoyanovich. Wow. On. And it was so good, Zaz. You know, we tried to go about 45 minutes. We almost went an hour and a half with Pete. Some wow. great, great stories, some great stuff. So I don't know. I don't know when we're dropping in. Seth might be mad at me for putting it out there, but you heard it first here, man. It's, it's gonna be great, brother. Everywhere you get your podcast, the fish tank podcast. I will tell you as a kid, uh, the most hurt I've ever been after a dolphin loss. I'm pretty sure you were on that team. Uh, <laughs> and it was Pete's last kick, I believe, with the Dolphins. Pretty close. When you guys lost that divisional game 22-21 at the Chargers. Stoyanovich missed a long kick with no time left. Would have sent you guys to the AFC title game. I had never been more hurt than I was <laughs> after that game. Uh, and, and, of course, the Chargers, they, they were cheating. They turned the lights out on you guys at halftime, right? It was they bad. Did. They were cheating. They turned the lights, the, the heat off. You guys yeah, were up twenty one to six at halftime that game, OJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's amazing what teams will do and that home field advantage when you get those opportunities, man. But you know what? We blew it. You know, twenty one points in the first half and zero in the second half. We had our opportunities and uh, we didn't take advantage of it, man. And man, they went on, and went and beat Pittsburgh, and then went on to the Super Bowl. Yeah, we know we could have. We knew we could have beaten Pittsburgh too. You know, so we had that was and our that best was, and, and that, years. And you guys, that would have been the first time a Super Bowl was hosted by a team. That game was in Miami yeah. Niners and Chargers. Sure was, and Niners were a hell of a team though. We might have got beaten up pretty bad, but at least yeah. we'd have been in the dance, right? It was like the first play of the game, Jerry Rice seventy yard <laughs> oh, touchdown. Man. <laughs> That's how you start a game off, right? The fish tank, OJ McDuffie and Seth Levitt. You get it wherever you get your podcast. And of course, you hear those guys uh, 
uh, along with our pal Travis Wingfield doing the uh, the post game show for all the Dolphin games. Uh, you got a late night Saturday, OJ. Uh, hopefully, it's after a Dolphins win. Man, I appreciate you hanging out, hanging out with us here. Thank you so much, pal. You got his ass anytime, bro. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Excellent job there by OJ. Love having him on the program. And again, make sure you check those guys out. Uh, not just post game, obviously for the Dolphins broadcast, but for uh, the Fish Tank podcast. And you heard that I'm looking forward to hearing Stoyanovich. Uh, like, where the hell is he? I you haven't seen him at all. That game, though. Oh man, that was the toughest Dolphin loss I've ever experienced. They were up. It, it was a divisional playoff. 94 and the 94 season game may have been in January. So probably took place in early 95. I believe that was Shula's last year. Cause I think Jimmy took over in 95 and that team felt like they could win the Super Bowl, and they're up 21 to six at halftime. Like I said, if you don't know the story, because I mean, it's 27 years ago, the chargers, at that old uh, Qualcomm Stadium. It's a shithole. The Chargers, they they turned off the lights and the power, all of it, in the Dolphins locker room. Only the Dolphins locker room at halftime. Can't make the adjustments, all that stuff. And now, is that why they lost? I don't know. But I know it was only the Dolphins locker room. And the Dolphins were up 21-6 at halftime. They were kicking the Chargers' ass. And then Natron Means just ran wild in the second half. They go up 22-21, and Marino drives the Dolphins down the field with a little time left. Manages to put us in field goal range. Stoyanovich misses the kick. Uh, it was in the 40s, but back then, you got to remember, if you were kicking over 40 yards, that, that was not a gimme. Now it's a gimme. Now guys kicking in the 50s, no problem. That wasn't the case back then. Missed the kick. Uh, I was devastated. Devastated. And, and the Chargers, they went on the next week. Remember, that was those Junior Seau-led Charger defenses. Stan Humphreys was the quarterback. Natron Means running back. And the Chargers went to Pittsburgh the next week, AFC Championship game. They had the, the goal line stand at the very end. They batted the ball down. Chargers win the AFC. They go to the Super Bowl. 49ers beat them 49-26. The game was here in Miami. Steve Young gets the monkey off his back. He's the MVP. Jerry Rice, like first play of the game, Rice, 70-yard touchdown. He was still amazing at that point. And yeah, as you heard OJ there, that felt like like a year the Dolphins could have won the Super Bowl. Hey, if you're looking for a place to go watch the Dolphins this Saturday night, you know my spot is Briny Irish Pub in Pompano Beach. BrinyPubPompano.com. You can check out everything they got going on on a daily basis. They got live music every single night, including tonight, 7 p.m., Scott Avery Live. And you got Wednesday fish and chips specials, just $13.99. The Briny Hour, that's happy hour. Everybody knows that Monday through Friday from 4 to 7 p.m. Live music, seven days a week. And if you're looking for a place to watch the Dolphins on Saturday night, the world's greatest upscale dive bar, Briny Irish Pub, Atlantic Boulevard, all the way down to the Atlantic. Don't drive into the Atlantic, but you park there, you walk right into the Briny, you watch the Dolphins on Saturday night. And if you're looking for NFL Sunday ticket action, they got you covered there as well on Sunday. Again, brinypubpompano.com. All right, so we got the Heat back in action tonight. The Heat are in Oklahoma City. Let's take a look at the Thunder's record right quick because I didn't have it handy. I should have. That's a bad job out of me. The Heat at 13-15. and 15, Game two of this four-game road trip. The Thunder are 11-16. and 16. 
Uh, you know, they're, they're a team that you figured was going to be tanking again this season. They're not awful. Now, they don't defend, but they could score. And we know the Heat, they're coming off a game they only scored 87 points. The Heat stink offensively, and they're not even close to where they want to be on the defensive end. This is a road trip. This is a get-right road trip, all right? You got four games here against, uh, especially now, because they, they won the hard one. The next three games, tonight, Oklahoma City, tomorrow, San Antonio, uh, tomorrow, Houston, and then Saturday in Mexico City, actually, San Antonio. So that, that's helpful, too, for the Heat, because that's essentially a neutral site game, if you will, you know? 4-0. Now, they're going to lose one of these games. But if you want to get serious and you want to get on track, finally, you go 4-0. You win all four of these games. So tonight, game two of four straight games that the Heat need to win. That's what we're talking about. All right. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Come on. I got some good stuff for you here. Big deal or not a big deal. So, the NBA yesterday. All right. The NBA, I think it was yesterday, they announced they got new awards. All right. They have renamed a bunch of the awards. They're naming them after players, that kind of deal. You know, like you saw Michael Jordan. He's got the MVP trophy. Here's what they're called now. The MVP is the Michael Jordan trophy. Defensive Player of the Year, Hakeem Olajuwon Trophy. Okay. I mean, I don't... Hakeem's not really the guy that I think about when we're talking Defensive Player of the Year. Like, Dikembe Mutombo, I would take him defensively over Hakeem. But I guess they're trying to go a great defensive player, but also who's an all-time great overall player, because Dikembe was not. So, all right. Defensive Player of the Year, Hakeem Olajuwon Trophy. I'm sure Draymond Green's like, yeah, yo, it should be named after me. Rookie of the Year, Will Chamberlain Trophy. Okay. Sixth Man of the Year, John Havlicek Trophy. Most Improved, George Mikan Trophy. And this award is new. Clutch Player of the Year. How are they measuring this? Clutch Player of the Year, Jerry West Trophy. I like how they're doing that. You know, in hockey, all the trophies have specific names. Hart Trophy, Vezina Trophy, Selk Trophy, or Selk Award. Uh, I, I like that they've changed the names. I dig it. Michael Jordan, I think, was a five-time MVP winner. I think Kareem won six times. But the MVP award, the Michael Jordan Trophy, makes sense. So, big deal or not a big deal? That's a big deal. I, I like that. I like that the trophies, I like that the awards have names to it. Big deal or not a big deal? Last night, WWE NXT, Mandy Rose. Boy, she is hot. Mandy Rose, she has been the NXT Women's Champion for over a year. She lost last night. She lost her title to Roxanne Perez, who's only 21 years old. She's, uh, I mean, they, they have strapped a rocket to her back. She won this past weekend at NXT Deadline. She won the Iron Woman's Challenge, the Iron Survivor Challenge. And now she challenged Mandy Rose last night. She beat Mandy Rose. She ends her reign she was champion for like 430 days. That's an incredibly long time. Roxanne Perez is the new NXT Women's Champion. Does that mean that Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction are now going to be called up to the main stage? Mandy Rose, of course, used to be on the main stage. Are she and Toxic Attraction going to be called up? I hope so. I dig them. Mandy Rose, super easy to look at as well. Mandy Rose, a shocker. Losing the NXT title last night. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Alexander Ovechkin, who continues to close in on the all-time goal-scoring record. Now, not points, 
nobody's ever going to catch points, all right? Wayne Gretzky has more points than anyone else has more, has more assists, excuse me, than anyone else has total points. Nobody's going to catch Gretzky on points. But goals, Alexander Ovechkin, he's closing in. And last night, a hat trick gave him his 800th career goal. And the center's in front. Kuznetsov had the shot. And there it is. 800. (laughs) Alexander Ovechkin has done it. And here come the hats and the team. (laughs) (laughs) You have just witnessed the 800th goal for Alex Ovechkin. Mantha with a great four check. And just flips it right over to Ovi and boom. But it's amazing how Ovechkin always is in the right position. Never goes by the net. Always waits for someone to make a play. That's a big deal. Come on, Ovi, the great eight. Really easy player to root for. Uh, He's still awesome. And a hat trick last night. Winds up securing his 800th goal of the season in a win uh, at the Blackhawks. And again, that was at the Blackhawks. You heard the crowd there. They were cheering. They were chanting. They were throwing the hats on the ice. The whole bench emptied to come celebrate with him. Really cool scene there. That's a big deal. Finally, got one more. So last night, the doubleheader NBA on TNT. It was the Lakers. Lakers beat the Celtics. Uh, sorry, Lakers blew a late lead against the Celtics. Celtics win in overtime. Uh, this was at halftime, I believe, when the, the Celtics were smoking the Lakers. Here's the, the studio crew. And specifically, Bart. The Lakers stink. Yeah, we y'all they y'all forcing us to show them all the time, like they're gonna be good. Y'all is it? They no, the NBA. Okay, it's a conspiracy. Uh, and then we got all these clowns on television have to talk about them every day. A the conspiracy? Lakers, it's a conspiracy. Like we have to talk about the Lakers. The Lakers are awful. We don't talk about no other 14 seed. Uh, well, sorry, they're not a 14 seed. They're a 12 seed. We don't talk about what's the 12 seed in the East. We don't ever talk about the Washington Wizards, do we? Ever. <laughs> do we ever mention the Washington Wizards, the great Bradley, Bradley Bill? No, but for some reason, these morning talk shows and us, we have to show the Lakers all the time. The Lakers stink. Easy. Okay. I'm, I'm fine. It's the last time you're going to see him this year. No way. It is. This year, this is December. This is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you big dummy. <laughs> All right, so I'm going not a big deal on this one because, I mean, Barkley's made this complaint before. And while it's funny, you're right, we don't talk about the Wizards as much as we do the Lakers. The Lakers are on TNT so often because there's only a certain number of uh, of teams that are going to be able to appear on the doubleheader, on the second game of the doubleheader on NBA on TNT. It's always going to be a West Coast team. It's always going to be a Western Conference team. So you're talking about the California teams, teams like the Lakers. I mean, it's not going to be the Kings. Nobody cares about the Kings. Nobody talks about the Kings. But you're going to have the California teams there all the time. Golden State, Los Angeles Lakers, they're going to be on the second half of the doubleheader all the time. Portland, they're going to be in those games. Phoenix, they're going to be in those games. The LA Clippers, of course, California team. There's only a certain number of teams that can play in that 10.30 or 10 p.m. slot on NBA on TNT. So, yeah, the Lakers are going to get a lot of national TV games on TNT. So I'm I'm not sure if Chuck's aware of that. So I'm going to go, not a big deal. And that right there is another addition. A big deal or not a big deal. Yes! Come on, Heat. Tonight, 
back-to-back games. That's happened before. They've done it before. Can we start the show tomorrow leading up to a Panther game? The Panthers are playing tomorrow night. Panthers are back at it tomorrow night. The Panthers tomorrow night are hosting Buffalo. The Heat are at Houston tomorrow. Can we start the show feeling real good about back-to-back wins for the Heat and then get fired up about Thursday night football, a Heat game, a Panther game? Is that what can be in store for us when you tune into Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow? Hey, by the way, if you missed Jeremy Piven, Jeremy Piven joined us yesterday. You could obviously go backwards, listen to Zaslow Show 2.0, however you listen to your podcast, or you go on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at Zaslow Show, and you can see, you can hear uh, or watch uh, Jeremy Piven joined the show yesterday. Entourage Ari Gold. He's here this weekend, actually, at the Improv. I'm going. Uh, yeah, you can go check that out. Hey, make sure you like, you rate, you comment on the Zaslow Show 2.0 podcast. That helps the algorithm. And then I get the monies, and I love you long time. Thanks, everybody, who participated in the show today. Thanks, everyone, who helped put together a great show today. Excellent job by everyone involved. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. You know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing. You know, when my wife and I became homeowners, I mean, keeping the Zaslow Mansion safe, that's not an easy task, unless you call Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. If you're looking for affordable care that offers the best coverage for your home, your motorcycle, your car, your boat, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services, their team has the expertise and experience to find the right coverage for you, including comprehensive policies For both trailers and motorhomes, let their team help you learn more about your policy options so you can make an informed decision that's not going to keep you up at night. Bruntinsurance.com. When it comes to home, renters, and condo insurance, your options, hey, it, it, it can be dizzying. Don't worry, they specialize in making the confusing crystal clear with their fully licensed team helping you along every step of the way. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204.